Are you constantly tired, apathetic, irritable, and or completely unmotivated right now? Me too. And it's really been throwing me off. But I think um, I finally figured out at least some of what's going on. And we'll get into that. But first, I'm a planner. If you know me, that's kind of an understatement. I am constantly looking ahead to what's next, and in many ways, I live in the future. At the beginning of every month, I like to have a general idea of what that month looks like before I start it. So I keep a pretty accurate and detailed neurotic calendar. Every week, I start the week by writing out what I have to do each day from my calendar onto a notepad in my office. And as I finish each thing... (laughs) Not only do I cross it off, but I also check off the little box that I make next to it. So, like, it's, like, double done. It helps me feel grounded and keeps me from getting overwhelmed with everything that's going on. When I was in undergrad and grad school, the first thing I did when I got a class syllabus was put every single test and due date on my calendar. I was 100% that guy. I like being prepared, and I hate being caught off guard. A recurring nightmare... Um, I guess you can call it a nightmare. It's a nightmare to me, which is going to tell you how comfortable my life is. A recurring nightmare that I have is that it's finals week. Sometimes I'm in high school, sometimes undergrad, sometimes grad school. It's finals week, and I'm suddenly realizing that I've forgotten to go to one of my classes most of the semester. And it's almost always a math class. Um, it doesn't matter what class it is. It's It's hilarious because... Nothing like that has ever come close to happening. And I never had this dream while I was in school, but I'm in finals week. I realize I haven't gone to, I forgot about a class. And now I have no idea how to answer any question on the final exam. Uh, It's terrifying. And I have it, man, a couple times a year at least. This year, there was a new variation on this dream that I had, which was really fun. Instead of being in school, um, it was like now, it was Easter Sunday. We were at the Gothic and I, for usually during all parish events, I'm in charge of music, which is what I was in charge of at TNL for years. So we're at the Gothic. I'm in charge of music. It's Easter Sunday. And as people were coming in, I realized Uh, As people were coming in for the service, I realized not only have I not set up any of the stage um, for like the musicians or the band, none of that is set up. I haven't picked out any songs. I haven't created any backing tracks. I haven't made any slides. Uh, (laughs) And people are showing up and I'm just so unprepared. Uh, I woke up with my heart beating so hard when I had that dream um, back in like February before all the shutdown stuff happened. Uh, some variation of this kind of dream of being completely caught off guard by people who um, are planners is really common. Um, it's not fun, though. <laughs> uh, I'm also a planner because I really love having something to look forward to in the coming days or weeks. Um, I need to have something. I need to have that thing that I am like living for. It sustains me. It keeps me going. It keeps me engaged and motivated when I know something good is coming down the road. None of that's possible right now. This whole pandemic season is really disorienting because there's really no way to know what the future looks like. Things change week to week. Even with things gradually opening back up, 
there's still a lot of unknowns, like when we'll ever be able to go to a restaurant or a bar again. And even as things open up, at any moment, everything could be ordered, closed, and locked down again. It puts a touch of futility on everything. I can't really plan for the future right now. And that's stressful and demoralizing for me. Even if you're not really a planner like me, not having a sense of what the future holds is stressful. We as humans like to have some sense of what our lives are. And we are, in general, a highly adaptable species. But when every day or week feels like a one-off, our brains get exhausted. The tiredness you currently feel, the apathy, the irritability, the lack of motivation you're feeling these days are all the result of an exhausted and stressed out brain. We simply don't know what the future looks like right now. But the truth is, we never actually did. We never actually do, right? It's just that right now, we're aware of that fact. None of us actually knows with certainty what the future looks like at any point in our lives. Typically, we can't anticipate the future, and so we make educated assumptions and guesses, and we make plans. But then things like this pandemic and lockdown come along that 99.9% .9 of us did not see coming, and we're confronted with the truth that we never actually know what the future holds. I think what's unique about situations like the one that we're in is all of us collectively being aware of our inability to really ever anticipate the future with any level of certainty. I think any national or global tragedy makes us aware of this. I know um, I can remember a very similar feeling in the months after 9-11, when we were all collectively waiting for the next attack without any idea of when or where it was going to happen. Everything for, for months felt uncertain. Everything felt up in the air for just about everyone in the U.S., we're in a similar situation globally today. Everything feels uncertain. Everything feels up in the air. There's no way to plan with any level of certainty what even just June or July will look like. Everything feels up in the air. Basic necessities like food supply chains, our health, our jobs, even fun things like getting together with friends or going on vacations, it all feels up in the air right now. We're all in this holding pattern, just waiting to see together. It's stressful. It's exhausting. I wake up more tired than I go to sleep. It's sapping my energy and my motivation. In times when everything feels uncertain, murky, and unknown, I think it's important for us to remember and focus on what we do know and the ways we can respond. Jesus invites us to do just that in the section of the Sermon on the Mount that we're looking at tonight. We're going to be looking at uh, chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34, which go a little something like this. If you decide for God, living a life of God worship, it follows that you don't fuss about what's on the table at mealtimes or whether the clothes in your closet are in fashion. There's far more to your life than the food you put in your stomach more to your appearance than the clothes you hang on your body. Look at the birds, free and unfettered, not tied down to a job description, careless in the care of God. I love that. And you count far more to him than birds. Has anyone by fussing in front of a mirror ever gotten taller by so much as an inch? All this time and money wasted on fashion. Do you think that it makes much difference? 
Instead of looking at the fashions, walk out into the fields and look at the wildflowers. They never primp or shop. But have you ever seen color and design quite like it? The 10 best-dressed men and women in the country look shabby alongside them. If God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never even seen, don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting, so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way that he works fuss over these things. But you know both God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Now here's the mic drop. Don't miss this part. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now there's a lot we could talk about here. And my tendency, as you probably know, is to dissect everything down to understand it. But I don't want to pull this apart too much tonight. I don't want to make this more complicated than it needs to be. Against my default, um, I don't want to get lost in the minutiae and the questions and the what-ifs and miss the larger, simple thing that is happening here. In this section, in the face of worry, Jesus is inviting us to remember what's important. And that is what we do know and how we can respond. In moments of uncertainty and, and moments of extreme worry, it's important to remember what we do know and how we can respond. So what do we know? That we are loved. The song we sang earlier, Your Love is Strong, is based on this passage. Jesus says, look at the birds. They're fed. Look at the flowers. They're beautifully designed and clothed. You are infinitely more important too and more loved by God than either birds or flowers. So even when things are so uncertain and so dire that you're worrying about basic necessities like food and clothing, you can anchor yourself to the truth that the source and sustainer of the cosmos, this perfect and powerful ground of all being that we call God, love itself loves you and wants good and beautiful things for you. All you have to do is look around to see evidence of this. All you have to do is look around to see that truth in simple things like birds and flowers. This is what we know. How then can we respond? Exactly what Jesus says at the very end of verse 34. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now, and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Or, as the NIV puts it, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Man, I needed to hear that this week. Jesus here is inviting us to stay awake and engaged by staying present in today. Stop living in the uncertainty and unknown of tomorrow. Start paying full attention to what is going on right in front of you right now. Stop living in the tyranny of an unknowable future and live in the simple freedom of the present. 
Your job is to handle today. Take it a day at a time. That's it. Man, these words are so simple. But simplicity is exactly what we need when things get so complicated and overwhelming and uncertain. You are loved. Pay attention to what's right in front of you today. These two things never change. Whether we can with any certainty anticipate the future or when things are completely uncertain and unknown and shaky like they are right now, we can always come back to these two things. We are loved and our job is to pay attention to what God is doing right in front of us today. And with as simple as those things are, you would think that it would be easy to stay grounded to them, but it's not, especially when we're so aware of how uncertain the future is. It's way easier to get caught up in what's wrong than what's good and beautiful. It's way easier to be consumed by tomorrow than it is to stay present in today. You don't need me to tell you this, but there are things that we can do to make it a little bit easier on ourselves. You already have some tools. We talk about these things all the time. One tool is practicing daily gratitude. Practicing gratitude, intentionally thanking God as you come across things and people and experiences throughout your day. Doing that does two things. It keeps you present in what is happening right in front of you right now. And it helps you start to notice and pay attention to what is good and beautiful in your life. It helps you notice and pay attention to just some of the ways God is conveying love to you. The other tool is the prayer of examine like we've done the past two weeks. Examine, like gratitude, is great because you don't need anything to engage with it. But if you want help with examine, um, if you haven't heard the last two weeks of liturgies, I made a guided recording of the examine that you can listen to whenever you want. That's up on our podcast and also on the liturgy page. The examine helps you retrace through your day, noticing where you saw God and where you missed him, which again helps you stay present and helps you notice God's love for you through the good and beautiful. It's a helpful way to hold your day as a whole before God. Gratitude and examine. It's a really simple talk tonight because Jesus' words to us when we make it so complicated are really simple. In these moments when we're so acutely aware of how uncertain the future is, when all the complicated instability leaves us anxious and stressed out, apathetic and exhausted, We can find an anchor point in the simplicity of remembering that we are loved and by letting go of tomorrow and instead staying present and engaged in what God is doing right in front of us right now, today.